All right, welcome everybody to the Mary Jane Mack Show. I am producer Benny filling in for just moments. Uh, I guess a momentary intro here for uh, Mary Jane. And of course, we have guest hosts filling in today. It's going to be uh, Jeff Howler. All right, oh, let me get your microphone on there. I got lots of little buttons over here to push. So you are filling in for today. Get your mic a little bit closer to you. Bring it in on you. There, we can hear you. Good. Much better. So you're going to be uh, in the studio today discussing about a wonderful method in store for us. And, uh, of course, we hope Mary Jane is doing well. She decided to take the day off. But welcome to the studio. Yeah, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. So what are we going to be talking about today? Today we're going to be speaking about uh, a method uh, that's a very modern neuroscience approach to helping people develop awareness, okay. self-awareness, and maybe having a new definition of what we might call health. Okay. So... That'll be the, the story of the day. Um, this venture for me started in 1972 when I was a university-level athlete. It's okay if I just have a sense that I'm talking with you? Absolutely. That's what so, we're here for. Right. Yeah, let's let's good. Let's a, bring it out. A conversation. You so, got it. So in 1972, I went to a class at, at the university I was at, and it was a speech class. And in the class, my professor had been to a workshop the previous weekend with Dr. Moshe Feldenkrais of Israel. And he brought 10 minutes of what he'd learned on his weekend workshop into our class. And I had been a university-level athlete in the sense that if you can imagine 72, 82, 92, whatever year you want to imagine it, you can imagine that most of our training was hard work with a lot of effort, with a lot of, lot of hours of drills that were taking place over and over again. And in those few minutes that I was with my, my speech professor, and he brought this, this method, the Feldenkrais method, into the room, in 10 minutes of a silent, internal, sensory motor exploration, I was able to do something. I was able to turn myself 90 degrees further than I could previously turn. In, in, in a I mean, what, what was a simple way of turning became uh, that, that I didn't turn very freely. All of a sudden, I had a, a sense of a range of motion that was astounding to me. And uh, there was more implicit intelligence in those 10 minutes than anything I'd experienced in the five years of beating my brains out, basically, as a university-level athlete. And that process, those 10 minutes, has led me to almost 40 years. Actually, since 1972, it's 47 years of, of an endless fascination for how do we become aware of ourselves. And is there a modern way to examine uh, becoming aware of ourselves? We have age-old practices. The mindfulness tradition at this point in time that's coming through is based in practices that are 3,000 years old. The yogic practices are based in long-term practices. The processes of Tai Chi are long-term practices. So the the basic practices that people use in order to give themselves a sense of of internal freedom and an internal space, uh, a sense of of self-possession, a sense of wholeness, uh, the study of Aikido, these different arts, they all come from a long legacy. And this work that, that I'm going to describe today actually came from a man who invented the work in this century. He started his, uh, he was uh, born in 1904 in Russia, and a long, long story, but eventually as a result of his own injuries and as a result of his, his own personal experiences, he developed a way in which we can turn our attention into our own experience and through that experience actually begin to evolve a way into a more clear, more capable quality of life. Now, how does that happen and how does that work? That's, I don't know. We'll, we'll try to talk about those things today. Um, but I want, to, I want to invite you for a moment to into a question of, well, what is awareness? And from, a, from our point of view, awareness is a very, very interesting process. Awareness in, in many different traditions is, a, is considered to be an altered state, a state in which uh, 
one is within a, a state of wholeness within which the world is is somehow they're able to observe themselves but and not be of it. And that's a very, very, you know, a very high level of functioning that people can aspire to and attain. People in the mindfulness traditions in the, in the present day times with all the stuff that's coming from John Hopkins, the research that's coming out of Switzerland, people are using psychedelics again for the processes of helping them alleviate anxiety, for helping them recover from PTSD. And in every case, when you look at the research, you'll see very clearly that what takes place in a mindfulness process and what takes place in a in, a, in the traditional settings and the use of LSD, what takes place is that there's a radical change in a person's internal sense of dimension, internal sense of space, internal sense of the ego, the boundaries that they maintain dissolve. What's called the default mode network, which is basically the brain's way of maintaining our sense of ourself in, in the three-dimensional reality and dissolves and people oftentimes uh, can enter into a space of, of wonder, a transcendental space. Now the question is, is, is how does that take place? Now, and is there a way that we can approach this, uh, these, these kinds of internal qualities? That, and, and what's important for that? Why is that important for us to be able to, to come to? When we let, let's just do a little experiment for a moment, and then we'll and then we, we'll go into for what reason that we might want to do this. If I were to ask you, because awareness means something different to us. Awareness means knowing what you're doing. You can, if you wake up in the morning and you orient yourself in your room, you become conscious. You orient yourself. You determine where you are in space. But consciousness means that you bring with you how you've identified yourself through your previous experience to yourself and the way that you go about maintaining this default mode sense of, of yourself, this, this, this network that continues to provide you with the sense of your sense of identity. Awareness is something quite different than that. Awareness is another step. Awareness is knowing that you're conscious and knowing what you're doing. Take a moment and look around the room you're in and how many lights are in the room. I'll take that one. I got my answer. So Benny's got his answer. Mm -hmm. And so, Benny, what's your answer? Well, it would be four at this moment. Okay, it would be four. So, so now. Technically. So, what did you, <laughs> Benny, what did you count? The actual light bulbs in the ceiling. I would differ with that. Okay. I would say you counted your own shifts of attention. Oh. Explain. Relative to the external world. Okay. Your eyes moved. Your head mm -hmm. moved. You organized your ability, your attention to move from one place to the mm -hmm. next. And so internally, what you were actually counting were the shifts of attention that you made. Hmm. Right. Interesting. I like that. Okay. How many, so, so if you went up a flight of stairs, what do you count? Do you count the stairs or do you count the different movements? Most likely the stairs or which floor I'm going to be on next or yeah, what, it, exactly. Yeah, but mm -hmm. it, it depends on, on where your, your focus of attention is, isn't it? Right. But if we take it to another dimension, then mm -hmm. our focus of attention becomes on what is our sensory motor experience. Okay. Right? Because ultimately, what, no matter how we look at it, we're always engaged in our sensory motor experience. Right. Our experience is always a matter of, of, our, of taking the elements of, of behavior thinking, sensing, feeling, and moving into every moment and engaging in the moment based on our acquired sense of who we are. Intriguing. And therefore, and when we take that acquired sense of who we are okay. into the world, mm -hmm. then we're bringing a sense of, of a habitual way of looking at life. Right? Mm -hmm. Now, how are you going to alter those habits? I'm I'm up for ears. That's what I'm. That's what I'm listening. Well, that's for. what that, isn't that the that's the that's what every major therapy. That's what every major tradition. Every single process that uh -huh. has to do with the question of what is awareness. 
and for what reason do we seek awareness, right. is asking us to engage in a process of attending to how we do what we do and, and how we do it in such a way that we can begin to enact ourselves in the world in a way that is, is more suitable to us rather than to simply living out our conditioning. Hmm. Just a guy like a reframing. A complete reframing. Yeah. Interesting. A sense of how do we how do we refine a new sense of neurological variability? How do we sense? How do we acquire something that we've never that we've never really acquired before? What it, it, we could ask the question: What's learning? It's not learning until you acquire new behavior. For the most part, people don't really learn. Mm-hmm. How do we how do we acquire the sense of self that we have? Our nervous system is built, absolutely built to learn. It is built to be a part of the environment. And when we come into the environment, the first thing we, we encounter is, is gravity. And then we encounter being a part of a family and being a part of a culture and being a part of a society. And we have to take in every single aspect of everything that's around us as a, as a part of our, of our ability to survive. And for the most part, if we look at our early life, our, our, our ability to acquire the attention we need, we become very, very skillful at, at, at doing what we need in order to provide for our own self-maintenance. Right. And it's not long, in, in if we were to go into the science of it, but it's not very long before we become identified with that. Mm-hmm. And that network, that default mode network, sure. becomes our preferences for how we live our life. Okay. And... And it's necessary for us to have a stable sense of safety within that life. If we look very carefully at our limbic system, which is our midbrain, then we spend an awful lot of our life doing whatever we can to maintain our own sense of safety. Anything outside of that sense of safety, even if it's better for us, will be co-opted to return us back to what we've known as safe. And we like to stay safe. We like to stay safe. And biologically, for our sense of self-preservation, we mm-hmm. must stay safe. Perfect. Well, let's hold it right there. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mary Jane Mack Show. We have guest fill-in host Jeff Haller here today. And he's also talking about the Feldenkrais method. Make yes. sure I got that right. Yes. Feldenkrais. Feldenkrais. Okay. Yes. It's a modern sensory motor approach to health and wellness. I know we're just barely crossing, you know, getting across the surface of it right now. But we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more with Jeff. Oh, so much more. Knowledge Book Radio with Marge Potasik has a special gift for everyone out there. To receive three chapters of the Knowledge Book as a special gift, send your email to mmjp99 at gmail.com. That's M as in Mary, M as in Mary, JP99 at gmail.com now to receive this fabulous, fabulous gift of the Knowledge Book. Have you discovered the remarkable books at angelhealinghouse.com? Author Claire Candy Hoff has channeled rare books of inspiration and insight. Angels of Faith is an inspiring story of healing, comfort, and hope that reminds us that death is not to be feared, but embraced with joy. One True Home Behind the Veil of Forgetfulness takes readers on a roller coaster ride through Angel Ariel's five most important lives on Earth, as well as her experiences in the afterlife, and helps us remember our own journey across the veil. And Claire Candy's autobiography, I Am an Angelic Walk In, which details the 2003 soul exchange that took place when Claire Candy walked out of her body and Angel Ariel walked in, creating heaven on Earth for herself and others. To find out more about these wonderful books, visit angelhealinghouse.com today. Tap into the wisdom of animals, angels, and masters with Darcy Pariso on Animal Soul Wisdom Radio. Tune in monthly as Darcy brings insights on how to better understand and deepen our relationships with animals. Working with light and pureness of ancient techniques, Darcy, healer, animal communicator, and medium is here to guide you through this process and provide inspiration to move forward. For more information about working with Darcy, visit DarcyPariso.com. Are you done being afraid to jump into the life that's waiting for you? Are you ready for a real shift? I invite you to tune in every Tuesday with me, Tracy L, on The Tracy L. Clark Show, where we will teach you how to live your extraordinary life. 
at 8 a.m. Pacific on Transformation Talk Radio, where I will provide the tools and the steps needed to help you transcend perceived limitations and move forward with an extraordinary life. For more information, visit me at tracylclark.com. The truth is funny. Shift Happens with Colette Marie Stephan is excited to welcome Karen Benton as a monthly guest host. Tune in on the third Wednesday of each month at 8 a.m. Pacific time to regain confidence and trust in your capacity to create change in your life, your health, your family, and your well-being. Karen Benton is a mother, nurse practitioner, certified body talk practitioner, Franklin Method instructor, and owner of Limitless Living LLC. For more information about Karen, visit karenbenton.com. All right, and welcome back to the Mary Jane Max Show. Guest host filling in today is Jeff Haller with the uh, Feldenkrais Method, and uh, we're deep diving really hardcore into this one, and it's all about modern sensory uh, motor approach to health and wellness. A little uh, information about you, Jeff, we can give out on the air if we uh, want to, you know, after the show's over, of course, we want to get a hold of you. How do we do that? You can reach me at insidemoves.org. Okay. And if you want information about the Feldenkrais method, you can reach that, find that at feldenkrais.com. Okay, and that's uh, F-E-L-D-E-N-K-R-A-I-S.com. We'll give it out a couple more times throughout the show. So why don't we just uh, continue on where we left off? So we were, uh, if I remember correctly, (laughs) that long ago, but but if I remember correctly, we were talking about how we form our sense of identity. Right, okay. And the ways that we maintain a sense of identity. Self-preservation. Safety and security. Mm-hmm. Safety and security sure. and the sense of self-preservation. Okay. Yeah. And, and of course, all of us have had in our lifetime many, many perturbations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So every emotional wound, every physical injury, every, every process that has led us to some sense of the necessity for self-pres- self-preservation, for self-protection, okay. every process that has to do with compensation means that these we begin to wear our history uh, like a fabric. Yeah, it means that we gain a neuromuscular tone that we be, we sense this is who I am, and anything that alters that sense of compensation or that sense of tone for ourselves, okay. that, that preferential quality that we sense in our hands and our skin and the way that we move, this this way of being identified, anything that alters that for the most part, is considered to be, in the first place, in the first place a threat to our sense of, our sense of well-being. And, and we're not going to give up that identity easily because it's, it's the way we know that we can survive in the world. It's a highly, highly refined and evolved process. No matter if the process is killing us, we're going to maintain it because it's the best that we know. Okay. So the question becomes is how do we intervene with that? And what kind of processes do we have to go through if we're going to actively intervene in, in, those, in those situations? The, the people who experience trauma in their life, absolutely, at the moment of the situation in their life, they must evolve the necessary habit structure to protect them from further harm. And the system is wise to do so. Mm-hmm. Now, that the question is that kind of habit structure, that kind of trauma, is carried forward in lifetime in the very way that we wear the fabric of ourselves. To look at trauma simply is to say that trauma is a situation in which we didn't have the resources to meet it at the time. We didn't have the necessary internal resources. We didn't have the necessary knowledge. We didn't have the necessary skills. And generally, trauma has happened to us in a situation where whether it be automobile accidents which create tremendous physical trauma or emotionally abusive situations, the the system must do whatever it can to preserve itself. And what happens in in those situations is that we begin to have this sense of self-preservation and self-protection that we carry with us and so that anything in the environment that even comes close to portending a similar situation, has been calibrated within us to respond in like kind that we did before. And the question is, is how do we learn to recalibrate? Mm -hmm. How do we absolutely within ourselves learn to recalibrate and have a moment's pause that when we recognize the sensation rising of of this event, of our 
reaction to the moment, to have a moment's pause and to actually find the means in the environment and within ourselves to have an alternative to that, that process that was necessary at the time that we created it, but probably doesn't serve us now. Hmm. Okay. Very, very little of what, it, say, for example, I'm damaged at the age of 12. My, my 12-year-old response at that point in time is probably not going to serve me as an adult. It, it's very, very easy to be a, a, a child disguised as an adult. In other words, to keep bringing my teenage acumen into my adult life. It doesn't serve me very well. Uh, the self-protection that I needed at that point in time, the self-preservation I needed, doesn't serve me well. Mm-hmm. Have, I, have I evolved new resources that I can actually bring to the environment? I cannot bring those resources into the environment if I continue to have the reaction, the immediate calibrated reaction into, in, in my nervous system. Yeah. So then the question is, is how can I learn to intervene? And people try do many, many things in, uh, to intervene, and they're all, all very effective. As, as our friend Rumi says, there are hundreds of ways to kneel and kiss the ground. Yes. So the question is, 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 there, is there a modern, efficient, effective way of intervening hmm. that, that doesn't take us through the endless uh, cycles of, of a therapeutic process in some ways? Uh, I don't have time to go into the history, but one of Moshe's first books that he wrote in 1949, Moshe Feldenkrais, uh, was actually a letter to Sigmund Freud saying that he thought that Freud's ideas on psychoanalysis were ineffective. <laughs> Because what's, what's, what's neurosis other than the process of bringing your habitual life forward without your knowing that you're bringing it forward? Right. That's, that's a neurotic Thought. activity, mm-hmm. right? Not that I've ever done that before, right? As, and I continue to do so. But, the, but Moshe said that our neurosis is hidden, as we've said, in our fabric, in our muscular activity. If we could change the muscular habit, the way that our brain forms its intentions to act and move, if we could actually enter into our system through experiencing sensory motor new possibilities, which is exactly how the human being works, we engage in life through sensation and movement. Without movement, you can't sense what you're doing. Without sensation, you can't refine and improve the way that you move. If you're bound by compulsion, you have very little option for movement. We could argue if, if it's actually life or not. Is a compulsive life life? If you only have one way of doing something, is it truly life? It's not life until you have choice, until you have some ability within yourself to discern what's taking place for you and then be in a quiet place long enough, for a moment long enough, that you can actually create or be involved in some form of alternative action to the moment that fits the moment rather than bringing the habit, the habitual defense or protection forward. Right. Yeah. And that's hard work. Deep thoughts. Deep thoughts. Deep thoughts. And, and it's a different approach on like a deeper way of learning, obviously, right? Or experience around it. Profound way of learning. Okay, there we yeah. go. So we can sit. Mm-hmm. We can be, go do therapy. We can do Tai Chi. We mm-hmm. can do these, the, the other arts that people use for composure and self and becoming really, really self-possessed, self-reliant for themselves. Or we can investigate by turning our attention inward through, through various there's, – there's two ways that Feldenkrais invented how to work with people. He works with people privately. And so I, I have a clientele of people that come to me. Mary Jane has been a client of mine for almost – 20 years, 30 mm-hmm. years, something since, since the early 1980s. Yeah. So, so the, the, the process of, of working individually or working in a group class process called awareness through movement. And awareness through movement, is a, that's what I experienced in 1972, a moment of awareness through movement. It's this intriguing class process in which you're invited without demonstration. The teacher never demonstrates not like a Tai Chi class or a yoga class where you see the model in front of you and whether you want it or not, whether you want it or not, you're going to try to produce what the teacher has produced because our conditioning says 
we're we are okay if we can if we can do what the person the model says how can i eliminate that model and find from within myself a unique new answer to a question formulating it from yourself formulating right. it from yourself from yep. within your own experience mm-hmm. so an awareness movement class invites you to quietly explore how you function in the world and it may simply be how do you roll your head? How right. do you turn? How do you turn your head from right to left? Right. How do you roll from your front to your back? It it could look in in a sense like a yoga class in the sense that you're on the floor, you're on a mat, and you're in a and you're but you're invited to in, involve yourself in a series of questions, in which then the questions are open ended, in which the only place that the answer can come from is from your own experience. Hmm. Wonderful thoughts for sure. And you know what? We're right on that bottom of the hour break. Let's go ahead and take that if you don't mind, Jeff. And uh, guest host filling in today is Jeff Haller. He's all about the Feldenkrais Method. It's a modern sensory motor approach to health and wellness. Of course, we're uh, featuring him on the Mary Jane Mack Show today. That's why you don't hear her. Uh, She's uh, out on uh, some business. So we'll be right back with more from uh, Jeff and all about more about the uh, Feldenkrais Method. Conscious Confidence Radio, a timeless wisdom with Sarah Main. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio and join Sarah on an adventurous journey to the deeper level of meaning to move beyond today's world of constant change, confusion, and uncertainty beyond the shadow of fear. This hit show explores key concepts such as confidence, values, and attitude in a dynamic way. To learn more about Sarah and her work, visit sarahmain.com. Is traditional medicine not working for you? Do you still feel as if your health isn't 100%? Here at the Holistic Medical Center, Dr. Nushin Darvish and the qualified staff look through the dimensions of wellness and start a healing plan prioritized to your needs. Our physicians assess the whole you until complete health is achieved. Get the help you need by visiting drdarvish.com or call 425-451-0404. What is a brilliant culture, and how do we create them? Why are they important? Claudette Rowley has created a breakthrough five-step process to help you align your culture with your business strategy for exceptional results. Looking for a culture that drives organizational excellence? Listen to Cultural Brilliance Radio, the second and fourth Friday of each month at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio. To learn more or work with Claudette, visit culturalbrilliance.com. Living Lighter Radio with Jason and Patricia. We have an ecosystem approach to your life. Tune in weekly every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific on Transformation Talk Radio as we, Jason and Patricia, discuss what's truly holding you back. We offer you the tools you need to reach your goals and at the same time be living lighter. For more information about Living Lighter, visit www.livinglighter.org. A word of caution, if you prefer the status quo and you are not interested in improving every aspect of your life, this book will trigger the shift out of you. The Truth is Funny, Shift Happens is available now. Author Colette Steffen brings the powerful knowledge and life-changing energy and empowerment from the radio airwaves to the pages of her new book. To get your copy in paperback or ebook, visit thetruthisfunny.com today. Discover the creative genius within on Creative Voice Radio with Gwen Fox each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Tune in for a conversation that will inspire, motivate, and empower you to share your inner vision with the world. Make the deep connection between art and spirituality to take your artistic expression beyond anything you dream possible. Say yes to fear. Say yes to the creative genius within. For more information about Creative Voice Radio and working with Gwen, visit GwenFox.com. And welcome back to the Mary Jane Mack Show. Guest fill-in host today is Jeff Haller, and he's all about the Feldenkrais Method. It's a modern sensory motor approach to health and wellness. We are in deep thought. And uh, a little bit more about you, Jeff. And again, how can we get a hold of you? Moves.org. Say that one more time for me if you don't mind. I-N-S-I-D-E-M-O-V-E-S.org. Okay. And uh, for 
In the United States, uh, there are approximately 2,000 practitioners of this art, the Feldenkrais Method, and you can find out uh, information about the practitioners in your area by going to Feldenkrais, F-E-L-D-E-N-K-R-A-I-S dot com. Feldenkrais.com. And again, yours was InsideMoves.org. InsideMoves.org. Got it. Yes. All right. Well, uh, we can. Uh, oh, let's also do this. If anyone would like to join us for a quick conversation, let me give out a phone number too. Uh, we'll kind of slice you on in if, if that's okay with you, Jeff. Sure. Uh, it's 800 930 2819 is the number. 800 930 2819. If there's anybody in the audience out there who's done or been involved with the Feldenkrais method and has a story to tell, perfect. That would be great to have yeah. them join us. We'd love to have you. So, yeah, let's just jump right back in where we left off. Well, uh, so we were talking about this process called awareness through movement. Right. And let's just say that the process of awareness through movement is a process to help you reweave your sense of how you relate to reality. To reweave it. it there's, it's, it's not a situation where you're sitting with a teacher in front of you and because of their, because of their, their capacity... You, you awaken, you, 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 you find yourself in empathy or tied to a state that they're in. The entire process is evolved for you to evolve that state within yourself, to find within yourself the hidden capacity that's within you, to un, uncover the layers of, 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 of angst or pain or difficulty, anything that's affected your physical integrity, anything that's affected your sense of emotional dignity and your health, and to uncover it in such a way that you actually leave class with a functional capacity and a sense of wholeness in a way of acting, actually in the way that you act and move and walk and speak and the clarity within which the muscular tabit and tension that you've carried with you all your life dissolves for a few moments so that you can have a contrast into what's possible. And, and so it becomes a practice. It becomes a real study, a, a real deep like, self-study. Like a sense of melting away from the a obvious to, yeah. Right. It, it, it's, a, it's a misnomer. If you go to sports psychology, they'll say <laughs> to you that your, your sense of confidence is based on your success. I would say that's a false idea because there's no way in the world you become a first-class athlete without making tons and tons and tons of errors and mistakes and failures and stuff yeah yeah so what where's your confidence within yourself if you how do you how do you withstand all the mistakes you make if you don't have a sense of presence within yourself a sense of wholeness within yourself that can withstand those mistakes and the truly truly great learners know how to live in their mistakes and to come to come clean with their mistakes and live in their mistakes and to continue to evolve themselves based on the learning that they make from their mistakes but you have to have, again, a sense of self-possession, a sense of self-reliance. And, and so the question is, is how, do you, how do you go about finding that? Do you find it through an assiduous practice that you do over and over again? Yes. It could be a meditative practice. It could be your yoga practice. It could be your tai chi practice. But there may be something that's even more capable, that clever, which is how do you go inside yourself and discover exactly when I start to make the movement of rolling onto my back, how do I initiate the movement? Well, why is that important? Because you roll onto the back in the way that you have habitually rolled all of your life. And if you want to intervene in your habit and learn how to intervene in your habit, to actually learn how to catch the rising of a habit and the way that it forms within you, and then to catch it before it actually takes place and begin to develop within yourself through your own internal questions, what alternatives do I have to this habit in a guided session? As a practice for how do I take this into my daily life? That's a, it's an interesting question. Intense thoughts, yes. Yeah, so, so, so let's ask the question now, what okay. is health, right? Because we talk about health in all kinds of ways, but, but health, in one sense, could be, could be said to be the ability to recover from the traumas and the difficulties we face in our life. We would say that that's a person who's resilient. They recover. But that wouldn't be a true sense of health. A true sense of health would be uh, to fight for a person to uncover within themselves the potential that's always been there for them to live out their dreams, to develop the resources, to bring forward that spontaneous, creative creature within themselves, and to be able to bring that into life. That would be a healthy person. That would be a person who's resourceful. Yeah. That would be a person who could meet the uncertainty of our times with a particular kind of, of, 
of dignity. Right. Of Standard goals looking forward to. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And that person would be able to make a distinction between whether they're driven by a necessity to achieve a sense of well-being from the outcomes they produce as opposed to the quality that they experience within themselves. That's a contrast. Okay. We don't, we don't uncover a sense of, we don't, we don't find happiness in the things that we produce. That's a, that's a fleeting moment. Happiness is uncovered because it's a natural state within us. That's, it's hidden by our habits and it's hidden by our historic way of being engaged in ourselves. How do we, how do we uncover serenity, tranquility, calmness, peace? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I, one of the things that happens when I start with my clients is the first thing I, one of the first things I ask them is, if you had a half hour to live, what would, how would you most like to be? Now, other than the adrenaline addicts who would say, I want to be on the highest corners possible, jumping down into the, into the ski chute, right? Most of them go into a place within themselves and they become reflective and they say, I would like to be with the people that I love. I would like to be in a moment of peace. I would like to have a sense of serenity. I would like to live in a, in a world of tranquility. Yeah? If I have a half hour. Now, how do you uncover that? Now, if you're on the, edge of, on the verge of dying, you're pretty well un- uncovered. Yeah? There's not much left. You don't. There's nothing that you have that will maintain your habit. And so it's relatively easy for people to find that quality within themselves. For us, for most of us who are so busy in our lives, how do we find a moment to uncover the historic, this uncover out of the historic tension that we've maintained in ourselves? How do you uncover that? And so Feldenkrais invented this. He invented mm-hmm. awareness and movement and, and these private sessions of working with people. It's a hands-on approach in which in every case, the person is not directed into what to find. Their potential is, they are directed in such a way that the environment helps them find the potential that's always been within them. So, so what is, I mean, again, the, the question is, what does that look like? If I, if I have a, well, I mean, I could tell stories after stories. I mean, you know, if I if I have a, a person who's an athlete comes in with an absolutely destroyed knee, they've been an athlete for from the from for thirty years mm-hmm. and their knee is absolutely destroyed, and and they come in and they and they're in extreme agony and pain, and they want to be able to recover a sense of themselves that 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 they can live without having to undergo surgery now. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying anything about surgery. I'm saying that what's the potential for a person? If I can help the person find a way of supporting themselves in the field of gravity so that the forces pass through their skeleton in such a way that their support is clear enough that they feel safe, in many cases, the sense of pain will be, will be reduced. Mm-hmm. Pain is a function. It's a brain function. It takes place in the brain, not at the site, in the brain, and it's generally there to protect people from further harm. Mm-hmm. So that they can actually, so that they can, so that so that they don't continue to do what will hurt them. So it's uh, moving through the structural pain and more of the emotional pain that could be in there too, right? Absolutely. And moving it and trying right. to pull it out or getting down to it. Yeah. So okay. I, I worked with this woman who, and I, I helped her come to stand, and she mm-hmm. actually could came to stand in such a way that she was, she was comfortable, and, and she came another session a week later and came to, into a place of standing. And then, of course, here she is. She's standing. She's comfortable. And she's invited. Her soccer team is shorthanded. Mm-hmm. And so what does she do? She goes out and plays an 80-minute soccer game on this knee where she's just beginning to learn like a neophyte how to find support for herself. And, of course, her system rejects the idea of being in that kind of activity because it has the potential to harm her. She comes back again in excruciating pain. So I work with her one more time in a particular way that we work. And the only, I can't describe this on the radio. You'll have to find a practitioner to experience this. You, could, you can look up on, on YouTube, and you could go and you could watch. You could look, at, look me up on YouTube, uh, Jeff Haller. And there's a woman that I'm working with, a woman named Dorothy, who's, who's had a terrible fracture of her foot. She's a ballet dancer. You could watch me work with her, help her recover her sense of function. So you can look up Jeff and Dorothy on YouTube. 
But but so I worked with this woman. Now this woman gets up from the session, and you could watch and you could see that she was in a transcendent place. She was not in the space that she had come in 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 agony. She was quiet. She had a beautiful peace around her face, and she said to me, "This and it's so interesting." She said to me, "This is the happiest I've ever experienced myself in my life. <laughs> Happy." She had somehow in all of this, she had uncovered a state of happiness. And then she said, but the pleasure of playing soccer means more to me than being happy. Hmm. Now, again, here we are. We're in this contrasting place. The, right. the whole process, obviously. Of course, I still play basketball at times. I'm 70 years old. Yeah. The fun of making passes and being on the floor and understanding the game, that's, it's, it's delightful. Mm-hmm. Right? But if I had to choose for the quality of my life, whether basketball, basketball is enjoyable. But it's not the state of happiness. It's not the state of being calm or, or being self-possessed. I can go to the basketball and keep that quality in such a way that it, that it becomes, I, I can play with curiosity rather than being driven in the way that I was when I was right. a university athlete. Right. And, and it's a whole different world of entering into the expression. It, it becomes a, a different way of interacting with every person I meet. Right to the degree that I'm capable of bringing that into life. There's, I've always thought that it was funny when people would talk about wanting to be enlightened. If you really look at the word enlightened, enlightened is a past tense word. Yeah, formally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so it's not in the gerund form. I want to be continually awakening myself moment by moment by moment, and what's the most effective and efficient practice I can be involved in for paying attention to myself and learning how to pay minute attention to the details of my life. And where am I going to learn how to do that? In a concrete, pragmatic way that's not, that's not airy-fairy, that's not, not driven by an external, an external person, but basically driven by someone who creates an environment where you ask yourself your own questions. How do I learn to make distinctions right. in such a way? Because it's interesting. Function of my highest, most modern part of my brain, my forebrain. Yeah. The function of my forebrain is first and foremost to be able to make distinctions, to note differences. Right. You couldn't wine taste without being able to make dis- discernment. Yeah. You couldn't learn to make these distinctions. That's that's the forebrain's capacity to make distinctions. You can't learn without being able to make with distinctions. Actually, acquire new behavior. That means you have to be able to discern when you're going into the old habit. So, so, but the other functions of the forebrain are really interesting. It pursues novelty. It must be curious. Mm-hmm. And it must, and it's the source of our imagination. Hmm. That's our human potential. Yeah. Well, let's pause it right there for our last break of the hour. You are listening to The Mary Jane Mack Show. My guest fill-in host, or guest today, I should say, is Jeff Haller. He's all about the uh, Feldenkrais Method. It's a modern sensory motor approach to health and wellness. We can also find him at insidemoves.org. Is that correct? All right. And we'll be, uh, oh, and if you'd like to join us, maybe uh, have a story to tell and share about the Feldenkrais Method yourselves, the phone lines are open at 800-930-2819. And we'll be right back with more with Mr. Haller. Knowledge Book Radio with Marge Potasik has a special gift for everyone out there. To receive three chapters of the Knowledge Book as a special gift, send your email to mmjp99 at gmail.com. That's M as in Mary, M as in Mary, JP99 at gmail.com now to receive this fabulous, fabulous gift of the Knowledge Book. Have you discovered the remarkable books at angelhealinghouse.com? Author Claire Candy Hoff has channeled rare books of inspiration and insight. Angels of Faith is an inspiring story of healing, comfort, and hope that reminds us that death is not to be feared, but embraced with joy. One True Home Behind the Veil of Forgetfulness takes readers on a roller coaster ride through Angel Ariel's five most important lives on Earth, as well as her experiences in the afterlife, and helps us remember our own journey across the veil. And Claire Candy's autobiography, I Am an Angelic Walk-In, which details the 2003 soul exchange that took place when Claire Candy walked out of her body 
and Angel Ariel walked in, creating heaven on earth for herself and others. To find out more about these wonderful books, visit angelhealinghouse.com today. Tap into the wisdom of animals, angels, and masters with Darcy Pariso on Animal Soul Wisdom Radio. Tune in monthly as Darcy brings insights on how to better understand and deepen our relationships with animals. Working with light and pureness of ancient techniques, Darcy, healer, animal communicator, and medium is here to guide you through this process and provide inspiration to move forward. For more information about working with Darcy, visit DarcyPariso.com. Are you done being afraid to jump into the life that's waiting for you? Are you ready for a real shift? I invite you to tune in every Tuesday with me, Tracy L, on The Tracy L. Clark Show, where we will teach you how to live your extraordinary life. At 8 a.m. Pacific on Transformation Talk Radio, where I will provide the tools and the steps needed to help you transcend perceived limitations and move forward with an extraordinary life. For more information, visit me at TracyLClark.com. The Truth is Funny, Shift Happens with Colette Marie Steffen is excited to welcome Karen Benton as a monthly guest host. Tune in on the third Wednesday of each month at 8 a.m. Pacific time to regain confidence and trust in your capacity to create change in your life, your health, your family, and your well-being. Karen Benton is a mother, nurse practitioner, certified body talk practitioner, Franklin Method instructor, and owner of Limitless Living LLC. For more information about Karen, visit karenbenton.com. And welcome back to the Mary Jane Max Show, being brought to you by the Transformation Talk Radio Network. My guest host and fill-in guest, I should say, is Jeff Haller. He's with the Feldenkrais Method. It's a modern sensory motor approach to health and wellness. And uh, he is, again, filling in for Mary Jane. If you'd like to join us, we have a little bit of time left in the show. Uh, for uh, If you have a story to tell really fast, we'd really love to bring you on. 800-930-2819. 800-930-2819. We can also reach Jeff at his website. Write this down, folks. Inside Moves, plural, dot org. That's InsideMoves.org. So uh, we were discussing it. We had a great story about the soccer player yep. going to a certain uh, area of uh, happiness, but yet there was another happiness. That even uh, It was even going back to the soccer, but for being the moment of being with you, that was a sense of passion and, and happiness that that person has never been in before either. Right. So it's a difference between, you know, yeah, it's, suspected it's, reality and re- really reality. Yeah, it's, it's, it really is a distinction between... Mm-hmm how we've historically acquired a sense of meaning for ourselves right. as opposed to caring for a, the quality of our, you know, a, a, an attention to the quality of our own experience. And if our experience is externally directed, you know, to, to having a sense of reward based on something that's experience, that I experience in, the, in my external world, or can I, can I find a sense of, of personal wholeness and fulfillment within my own my own experience. Right. We have to no question take care of our personal survival needs. We have to protect ourselves from the perturbations that we've had in our life and the injuries and the compensations that we carry. We have to we have to do that. But it, it's always an interesting question as to how how do we find within that a sense of our own individual wholeness? And that's the that's the the question. And and what the Feldenkrais method offers is a practice for that, a very clear modern practice. It it's been invented. Moshe started inventing the work in in the late 40s and early 50s. He brought the work to the United States originally in the early 70s. Uh, he he's an Israeli man. Yeah. I mean, he's no slouch. The man was the first in his class in electrical engineering and in in physics at the Sorbonne mm-hmm. in Paris. He was. Uh, trained directly by Jigoro Kano, the founder of judo. He took his understanding of, of physics and, and uh, was an, an avid reader. I was in his house. There were thousands of books on his shelf. If you went into his, into his library and went into any book, every single book had notations in the margins. So you know that he'd read it. He was an avid, avid reader and a, and a thinker. He brought together four different traditions as a as a his Hasidic Jewish tradition from where from Russia his deep lines of philosophy he was an academic of a, of the highest measure he was in the laboratory with the curies when they won their nobel prize in 1939 and he was a judo man 
So he and and he had profound injuries. And at the time that he had these injuries, he could not have had surgery. There was no surgery to take care of the needs he had. So he evolved for himself how to function in spite of his injuries through his own attention to what's possible. Now, as a physicist, he would be able to see what is the most efficient way for a person to move. The most efficient way for a person to move is to act, if you're standing, is to move in such a way that the forces pass directly through your skeleton. Mm -hmm. Anything other than that will require using your musculature extraneously in, a, in, a, in whatever reason for an adaptation to, to keep you stable. Now, if you've had a, some kind of emotional wound, you don't open your chest and go, wow, that felt great. I can't wait to have another one of those. You don't go, yippee, great. That's, that's the kind of life I want to have. Let's have some more of those wounds. Right? So what do we do to, to, to keep ourselves from experiencing pain? You certainly form a contractive quality within yourself, right. to, and, and that's a narrowing of your life's capabilities. It's a lessening, it's a reducing of your, of your sense of what you're, is safe for you to do in the world. You're not going to be able to live, to be in this definition of health, to live your unavowed dreams, right? Because, because your own self-protection is there to protect you from, from being hurt. If you're going to live your dreams, you're going to have to go outside of what's known as safe. You have to be outside of the paradigm of safety. So, and so, then, so then the question is, is, how will you find a practice? A practice that you engage in for yourself. No one, no one offering you anything other than what you find within yourself. But to create the environment for you in a safe way, for you to find within yourself a potential that you didn't know that you didn't know. Right. And, and so those, those are the questions that we ask mm -hmm. in, in the Feldenkrais Method. How do you come to know what you don't know is possible for yourself? Right. And it's, there's, it's nothing airy-fairy. There is nothing. It, 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 it is absolutely pragmatic and concrete. Pay attention precisely in the moment, what do I do? Right. How do I do it? How did I initiate that? And then how do I intervene in my own historic capacity to find something that I didn't know that I didn't know before? Right. And how does that new sense of those new notes create a new symphony within me? Perfect. Those are some great words of wisdom, in-depth conversation we've had on the Mary Jane Mack Show today. We Unfortunately, we're all out of time, Jeff, and it's Jeff Haller. He's all about the Feldenkrais Method. And if you want to learn more about that, we can instruct people to go to InsideMoves.org. And to Feldenkrais.com. Okay. For and that, practitioners in your area. There you go. And you can, it's spelled F-E-L-D-E-N-K-R-A-I-S. And uh, loved having you here. Pleasure to you know have you, uh, Jeff. And Mary Jane is super happy to have you fill in. Right. And you're welcome back anytime for the Mary Jane Mack Show. Benny, it's always a pleasure to be here with you. Perfect. All right. Well, that'll conclude it for today, folks. We'll catch you next month for the Mary Jane Mack Show. Have a great day.